Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new Third and Nerd. This is your host here, Josh Webb, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, all the way from down under, Mr. Adam Owes. Adam, how you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you going? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. And and we're kind of excited, right? Like, we, we, we have a guest today that we booked in advance. Like, we actually went out of our way to try and get this done, and I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, if you've been on Avengers Twitter at all or MCU Twitter, you would be hard pressed to have missed the story of our guest who is currently, uh, I I believe on 59, maybe 60. I know he'll correct me when he gets on here, but is going for the Guinness book of world records actually already has it, uh, but is continuing to add to the streak. So it's not quite done yet. Um, Nonetheless, he is known on Twitter as Nem the Infinity Watcher, a.k.a. Tony Mitchell, a.k.a. if you're NBC Charlotte, Tony Matthews. Uh, Nem, how you doing today, man? What's going on, folks? Yeah, Tony Matthews in the building. (laughs) Happy to be here. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I really loved the video you created where you just put Tony Mitchell over her mouth. You're like, I, I corrected it for you guys. I, I was I was originally going to do like an overdub of my voice, like Tony Mitchell, like. <laughs> but I ran out of time. I had to go out of town, so I just put like some text over it. So, <clears throat> all right, what, what what is the number at presently? Where are we currently sitting? Well, after I finish talking to you guys today, you fine fellows, I'm going to be going to the movie theater and watching it for the 60th time today. It's going to be awesome. So, I I mean, I have to, I, I'm going to start with the with the obvious question here. Right. What may, I, I mean, I know you mentioned on another interview that you kind of just went, and you, you saw it six times after, after you initially saw it, you said, I'm going to at least see this five or six times which I hope any self-respecting fan of that movie did. But then, unlike any self-respecting fan, you just kept going and going and going. Was there was there something that spawned this idea? Well, okay, so last year I watched... Well, not last year. Yeah, was it last year? No, it was this year, excuse me. This year, Black Panther. I watched Black Panther ten times in the theater. And I was like, this has got to be some sort of record. So I looked it up and it was nobody's like seen any kind of Marvel movie more than uh, I think seven or eight times in the theater. So I was like, oh, okay, I might just keep going with Black Panther. But then I saw the trailer for Infinity War and I was like, no, this is the one. (laughs) This is the one I'm going to go for the record of watching this movie. I know it's going to be good. I watched it the first time. Totally ecstatic, totally enthralled, edge of my seat, entire time. Great story, great writing, great action. I said, I'm going to see this movie at least six or seven times. And then by the 15th time, I was like, yeah, let's just keep on going. Oh, hello? Yeah, Josh, you there, man? I muted myself. I keep doing that. I hate that I do that. I mute myself. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, everybody asks little things that you notice, little things that other people may have missed. I'm going to go a different route. Leading leading up to the movie, like, we started watching the trailer, and I blame my wife. I I got my wife into the MCU. She was never really much into comics. She didn't hate them. She knew who some of the characters were. She was just never a comic reader. She's Lord of the Rings and fantasy. All that stuff's her jab. 
But for some reason, Infinity War flipped a switch in her, and she started deep diving and coming up with theories. Yeah. And so for the Marvel report, I laid down my predictions beforehand. I said, look, this is what I think is going to happen. Everybody has Peter Dinklage playing one of the uh, Black Order. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's going to be Atree, and he's going to be there at the Forge. That's straight out of the comics. Anybody who knows this should know that. And I wound up actually getting a lot of my predictions right. Not that they were amazingly difficult predictions, but did you do something similar, or did you take the approach of, I'm not going to look at anything beyond this trailer. I just want to be blown away when I walk in there. You know, at first, I, I didn't have any theories. At first, I wasn't going to watch the trailer at all because I usually do that with movies where I know I'm going to enjoy them. I don't watch the trailer so I don't get anything spoiled. But uh, I was just perusing my Twitter feed, and then the trailer just popped up, and I said, okay, I'll watch it. I watched one trailer. I didn't watch – I think there were like three or four trailers. I only watched one. So I didn't know what was going to happen going in, really. And I, I actually suggest people out there, if you want to watch a movie and really be taken away by it, don't watch the trailers for it because you will go into that movie and you will be blown away by every moment because they tend to put all the best moments in the trailer. But that's sort of why I thought everybody had captain dying or, or uh, uh, so on and so forth. And I'm like, they're, they're showing you the, uh, when they show you the obvious in the trailer, that that's, mm -hmm. You, you should look the other direction because it's probably not going to happen like that. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, I've been, I've been way too caught up in theories and I, I will say it probably ruined a bit of the movie for me, but now that I'm so invested in creating the theories, I don't even know if I could watch them any other way. It would, it would feel naked to me. Although right. your approach is dead, right? If you want to be blown away, don't pay attention. I just have an addiction. Adam, what you got? <laughs> um, I got a question for you, Nim. Uh, I'm just I'm just going to preface this with two words: spoiler alert. Spoiler on Twitter, alert. You, yeah, got to got to put that out there. So on Twitter, you you touched on some things um, that you noticed, like through the viewings that you've gone to, um, right. that the average viewer might have missed. Do you care to elaborate on that, or you still sort of want to keep it sort of a little bit secret? No, no, that's fine. I mean, I, movie's been out for a while now, so I guess we can talk about it now. Yeah, true, true. Uh, definitely one of the things that stuck out to me, like the, the biggest thing, like after like the fourth or fifth viewing, at the end of the movie where people are starting to disappear, you see uh, Peter Quill's like he's next. And as he's starting to disintegrate, it is very obvious that his eye glows red, like a crimson, deep, bright red. And it's not like a design thing. It's not like an uh, unintentional thing or a light or a, it. His his eye is red. I don't know what that means. Maybe it has something to do with the reality stone. Maybe it has something to do with maybe he has some remnants of his father still inside of him. But his eye definitely glows red right before he disintegrates. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't, obviously hadn't seen that in the only two viewings that I've gone through. <laughs> The other thing that I noticed um, was about uh, how Thanos, you don't see Thanos getting the uh, power stone or the reality stone, but you do see him getting the space stone and the soul stone and the mind stone. Right. Each one of those incarnations of him getting those stones, you see him actually touching the stone, grabbing the stone, feeling the stone in his hand. But when Dr. Strange uh, floats the stone over to him, 
neither Doctor Strange or Thanos is touching the stone because there's some sort of green aura or a green force field around that stone. Neither one of them are actually putting physically putting their fingers or hands on that particular stone. So I think, obviously, that Doctor Strange has done something to that stone, maybe put a spell on it or some sort of sorcery, uh, and that's even more evident if you look at Doctor Strange's face. It's like he's... It's like he's looking at him saying, okay, please put it in your glove. Go ahead, do it. All right, baby, he did it. And even Thanos himself, was, when he grabbed it, he kind of looked, looked back at Dr. Strange like, are you sure about this? And then he took it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Um, anything else? Any other little, little bits or little Easter eggs that you've picked up on? Um, you know, I, 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 not a lot of other Easter eggs, but I definitely seen a lot of goofs and mess ups in this film. Oh, really? I wish that they would fix for the DVD. You don't one or two viewings. You don't notice it, but (laughs) seeing it as many times I've seen it, you're just like, Oh, why did he say that? Or, Oh, where's his coat? Or why is his hair changing? Stuff like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. My, my, My roommate was huge on those in college. He called them like caught an error in the movie. Like one scene, Dr. Strange doesn't have his gloves on. And then the next scene he does, and you're like, wait, what the hell? You know, <laughs> where did you get those things from? Um, now, you went and saw the film on Mother's Day, and there, that was pretty much the worst of the bunch. Oh, uh, but what I want to go with here is that every dad loves to talk about, you know, these types of things with their kids, share their passions with their kids. How has this run and Marvel, in particular, been able to inspire you with your own family? Um, well, obviously, all of my kids love Marvel. We're not really a DC family. We'll watch the movies. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go see them. But when it comes to multiple viewings at home, we're, we're a Marvel family. Straight up and down. We, we only watch Guardians. Of- my my uh, youngest boy, he, he watches Guardians of the Galaxy uh two at least once a week like he's all every time i come downstairs he's always watching that movie it's it's crazy but he knows um, the score, man he knows the score yeah yeah <laughs> he just like actually he loves the music in that movie too it's and it's weird because he's like he's only eight years old and it's he's he's forming a connection with this music that's ages older than him but anyway i just so that's awesome yeah and it's 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 great to me for me to pass this down onto them because my father passed it down on to me. He was a huge comic book fan, a huge comic book reader. And we would always back in when I was younger, we would always talk about, man, if they ever started making like movies or, 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 or shows about this stuff, man, it'd be so awesome. So that's when they started making X-Men, the animated series. And we watched that religiously. We, we loved that. Have you, have you uh, picked up the book by Eric Lewald previously on X-Men? No. Okay, so Eric Lewald, Eric and Julie Lewald were the showrunners for uh, X-Men the Animated Series. They're one of the people that helped get it, get it on Fox. And they're on Twitter at X-Men TAS. But Eric put out a book. It's called Previously on X-Men. It just came out. Like, I got a copy. He signed them for all the fans and everything before he shipped them out. But it is a literal breakdown of 
A, how they got the show on the air. B, what sort of stories they decided, why they decided those stories. It's pretty much the most in-depth look at X-Men, the animated series that there's ever been. So if you haven't been able to pick up that book, highly suggested. It just came out, too, not too long ago. But I, but, 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 but go on. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just thought that was a, a – I didn't know if you had that or not. Uh, no, I don't have that. Uh, X-Men – the animated series, it kind of, it really resonated with my family and actually my culture because they deal with the prejudices of mutants and humans. And it kind of mirrors the uh, prejudices of black people in America. So we really, it really resonated with us and we stuck with it. And uh, and honestly, the drawings were good. So, so we were like, this is, it looks beautiful and it's a great story. Yeah, let's keep watching it. So ever since then, I just, I just been hooked. Uh, I, you know, with the X-Men movies coming out in the, you know, the 2000s, they were cool. You know, they were all right. Uh, the Spider-Mans, it was, it was good. But when Kevin Feige came out and said, yo, we're going to do this the real deal way. We're going to make these awesome movies. MCU style, baby. Ever since 2008, I have been a ultimate fan. I have watched every movie in the theater multiple times. So much merchandise in my room right now. It's crazy. I don't want to show it because it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so many, so much stuff on my wall. Uh, but uh, yeah, ever since then, I've just been a fan. Who are the, you, you know, your, your kids, who are their favorite characters? Who have they latched on to? I know you said uh, on Twitter that you got into it through Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos. That was right. kind of your jam. Is that theirs or did they go to the hero side? They they well they go for the heroes. Kids. <laughs> yeah, my 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 my, uh, my oldest son he loves um, Spider Man, the newer Spider Man. We watch all the Spider Mans, but he loves Homecoming Spider Man. Oh. Uh, my youngest loves Drax, and my little girl loves Gamora. So they're they're nice. uh, yeah Guardians of the Galaxy fans. Oh. Adam? Who's not? Let's, let's let's be honest. Who's not? Um, <laughs> just going just going back uh, to your uh, your quest um, yeah. to see to see the film x amount of, of times. Um, for those people who are listening, that they might not know that uh, as a result of um, you seeing the film, you know, I can't remember what t- I think you might have been around about the forty mark when this happened. Um, you were invited to the Avengers four premiere by the Russo brothers, like personally yeah. invited. Can you walk us through that moment when that happened? And um, just, you know, just tell us uh, how that sort of transpired. And also I have one other question just to add, to tack on to the end. Okay. Will you be wearing one of your Marvel tees to the premiere? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm actually kind of running out of shirts, man. I'm, I'm probably in the next two weeks. I got to go buy some more shirts, but anyway, <laughs> Listen, man, I was so when when I got the first of all, when the Russo brothers followed me on Twitter, my heart dropped. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> when I got a DM from Joe Russo himself saying, Hey man, you're a super fan. We appreciate your support. Thank you for inspiring Marvel fans all across the world. We want to invite you to the Avengers 4 premiere next week. I, I literally almost broke my computer jumping up so fast. I jumped around my room. I mean, I'm a grown ass man, 
but I, I have never felt such childlike happiness in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, and then he uh, he sent me a video just confirming it, like, yo, this is the real deal. You're really coming. Uh, they also invited me to the reshoots that they're doing this fall in Atlanta. Me and the whole family, he says. I can bring as many oh, people as I want. And where cool. he says he's going to bring me in on a day where there's the most uh, actors there. So we'll have a chance to meet and greet with them, which is also amazing. It, I, I, it was, man, my head almost exploded when I got these messages, dude. You have no idea. I woke up the whole, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I woke up all the kids by my screaming. <laughs> ran downstairs and i was like uh my wife i was like listen look look at this read this and she she had no idea what's going on and i was like no this is the guy who directed the film and then her eyes just like glue and like oh wow so yeah, it was she's like what's a russo brother initially and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh that's awesome that's awesome man good on you man that's great uh, now, Adam, I know you wanted to get in a Jordan question here because I feel like, yeah, this 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 is natural. I have this to is ask natural this. for you. I have to, like, oh. you know, here's a huge for- ass portrait of Jordan on his back, Nim. I, I I need I need to inform you, like Michael Jordan. Wow, wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, big Jordan fan over here. Big Jordan fan. Big <laughs> Bulls really? fan. Full stop. Okay. Actually, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Basketball is my number one love. Don't get me wrong. Marvel comics are amazing, and I love all the characters and whatnot, but basketball is my, my number one passion. I mean, um, I will say this. Uh, I, I don't really follow basketball that much now. Uh, I mean, I kind of go for the Go to State Warriors because Curry is from my hometown, and I kind of, you know, whatever. But back in the 90s, I was a huge Bulls fan. So, I, yeah, Jordan all the way. Pippen, Cartwright, all those. Horace Grant. Yeah, man. Oh, nice. I, see, I had to, to ask the question. You're from North Carolina. He's from North Carolina. Like, you know, it's, it's a natural progression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, he actually, no lie, he actually lives like, one. well, one of his houses is only two miles down the street from me off of uh, Lake Norman. So, yeah. Okay. I, Adam would just probably be camped out there with a camera. <laughs> 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 we're going to go to the movies today. You want to come? I'm, I'm sitting in front of Mike's house. Let me get back to you guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, hands down, though, he is the greatest of all. I mean, they, people say Kobe. People say LeBron. But LeBron has a whole lot more to prove. And Kobe, was he was good, but he's no Jordan. So I, I want to say Jordan was the best. Nam can come back on the pod anytime he likes. <laughs> um, He's made that abundantly clear. We're good. Okay, Josh, over to you. Next question. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about this because we talk about fandom and, and we've talked about prejudices and, 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 you know, briefly touched on stuff like that. You look at fandom in its current state right now. I mean, you could you could look at Star Wars. You could look at the way people talk to Kathleen Kennedy. You could look at, you know, just some of the things even John Boyega uh, and Kelly Marie Tran have dealt with. What's sort of your take presently? And obviously, we want to be careful here to say that this doesn't include all fans. When we talk about this, I'm specifically talking about the toxic portion. What, what's your take on the way that people are dealing with things currently? Because it so seems counterproductive to get the ultimate thing that you right. desire. Well, I mean, you got you also have to take into effect that half of those guys are trolls. They're just going to try to get as much attention as possible. But the other half, 
their way of living, their way of life, their way of thinking is going to die out real soon. Uh, even Kevin Feige himself says, listen, our next phase of movies is going to be so diverse. It's going to be crazy. More women, more people of color. So if you're not on board now, you might as well get on board. It's, they, people might as well go ahead and just give it up and, and get on board because it's not going to go back to the way it was. And it shouldn't, really. It really, really shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no good reason for it. it. You know, adding on to that, before we get to some fan questions, I'm curious. You know, what characters would you personally like to see beyond that maybe that, that have been hinted at? Or, or that maybe, you know, Kevin Feige has said, you know, we're going to see some, some more characters. Has he mentioned anybody that you're excited for? I have um, always been a fan of the X-Force. And spoiler alert, they were kind of in Deadpool, but not the team that I'm used to seeing. So the X-Force starts to, you know, make their own movies. That would be awesome. Uh, New Mutants. I saw that there was some sort of trailer for a New Mutants uh, movie, but I think they're going to go the horror route, which I'm not really a fan of because I really want to see Warlock in a movie because that would be so awesome to see that dude like cybernetically killing everybody with his limbs. But anyway, uh, another person that I would like to see, and not particularly Marvel, uh, I would like to see a Lobo movie. Oh, I, I think uh, it could kind of nip at the heels of a Deadpool and make a lot of money, and it would be funny and it would be good. It's it rumored feels- for some time, hasn't it? Yeah, rumored. That's the problem. Yeah. We're tired of. We want to see production. Yeah, I need to see. I need to see a Miss Marvel Kamala Khan. Like that's one of my favorite comics out right now, and and I could, I would be living if they put her on there. And then I don't know who else would I probably like to see. I would Moon love. Knight. What's that? Moon Knight. Gotta have Moon Knight, man. Yep. Moon. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Moon Knight. Yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna put this out there. It's it, I don't know if it's ever gonna happen, but maybe now we're in the. I would love to see a legitimate movie with Carnage in it. I don't know how anybody would pull that off, short of an R-rated flick. But if you could give me Carnage in a film, I would be all about that. He's he's probably outside of Thanos, he is probably my favorite villain. He's Venom- in. He's in. The, he's supposed to be in the upcoming Venom film, isn't he? Is it? I, okay. I didn't. I didn't hear anything about that. I believe. I believe Woody Harrelson's playing his character. Rumored. Yeah, it's rumored. Yeah. Oh, is it rumored? Is it? I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, <laughs> Cletus Cassidy was a bit younger than Woody Harrelson, but all right. I mean, I guess. I mean, this... go off of his natural born killers days. Yeah, but I'm trying to picture Woody Harrelson beating ass without a gun, and it's just. I don't know if it's if it's yeah maybe I just need to see him in more action films or something. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna start with Duck J two hundred four hundred five who wants to know: Can we have more YLYL vids? Uh, oh, these are questions. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually uh, working on some more. You laugh, you lose vids, and I'm trying to put them out weekly. I don't know why he's asking that. I put them out. Every week, I think he's wanting more. I think he's oh, wanting more than yeah, more. <laughs> no, my schedule is <laughs> way too busy, man. I'm well. One, I'm, one, I'm watching this movie multiple times a week, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm running three YouTube channels and a Twitch channel. It's just uh, once a week for that video is for those videos is is good enough. 
Now, at this point, and this is just a random question for me, at this point, when you go to the theater, are they, I mean, they don't even take tickets anymore from you at this point, do they? They're just like, go ahead. Well, no, I actually make them take the ticket and tear it so I can put it in my book just as proof that I have the ticket. Um, but yeah, they know me by name. They're just like, hey, how many times is it now? Are you tired of it? Blah, blah, blah. The same questions over and over again. They, they, they know what I like to eat. <laughs> one guy was like oh the usual I was like, hey, chicken waffle sandwich baby all day <laughs> See, the, the, clear, the next goal here is to get an item up on the menu like the nem combo or something the <laughs> yes you have to make that happen <laughs> never, never ending popcorn called it the infinity watcher never ending popcorn <laughs> Michael Nania wants to know what percentage of your dreams would you say involve Infinity War locations, situations, or characters? Okay, so after the first night, I had a dream that I was being chased by Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any powers, or were you were you just screwed in this situation? It was just it was just little old me against this eight-foot behemoth, and he was tearing down the houses and just running after me. Now, I, I want you to imagine. No, don't just think about it. Just imagine if Thanos was right in front of you and trying to kill you, you would pee your pants. I was terrified, dude. I was crying <laughs> in this dream. Uh, but that was the first night. Uh, every other night, no dreams. But I will say this. I've seen the movie so many times. I just got off a plane uh, back from uh, Austin, Texas, and my headphones broke, so I couldn't listen to any music. I couldn't watch any movies, so I just kind of closed my eyes, and I watched Infinity War in my mind from front to finish. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's all the dialogue, all of the action scenes, everything was vivid. I, I mean, it was... I, I just tested myself to see if I could do it, and I actually did it, and it was crazy. You're going to get a crazy. cease and desist letter from Disney telling you to stop playing the film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pirating the film at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Holden Banky wants to know, I've seen a lot of posts and memes labeling Thor as the MVP of the movie. Who's your MVP? That is a good question. Um... Thor definitely does his thing in this movie. I mean, as all the times that I've seen it, whenever he makes his entrance, you know, people start clapping. People are just like, yeah, Thor. You know, he 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 really does his thing in this movie. But I got to give it to Thanos, man. He's got to be the MVP. This is a Thanos movie. <coughs> if, if you think about it, I've kind of calculated it out a little bit. I haven't officially taken my stopwatch to the theater yet, but I think that he has the most screen time in this movie. And... For him to have the most screen time to me means that this is his movie. This is his journey. This is about why he's doing it and how he's doing it. And I've always been a Thanos fan. So for him to have his own movie as a villain, to me, I, he's my MVP. Yeah, I mean, I've got Thanos in his gauntlet tattooed on my arm. Uh, I actually went and we, we, we've tweeted it uh and you've seen it, Nim. Like my my ode to Infinity Wars on my arm. It took us about two and a half years to get it done, but but uh, I remember when we did Thanos. My tattoo artist and I, I we sat there because we did basically my whole forearm, and it was color 
and outline. We did it all. It was a 12-hour session, but my, my tattoo artist was determined to finish Thanos because in his mind, it was the coolest tattoo he'd ever done. And I remind him of that every time I go and see him. That's awesome, man. That's I, awesome. I, think, I think my runner-up in the movie, again, has to be Ebony Maw. Uh, the dude yeah. is... I, the, the thing that's craziest to me about Ebony Maw is that we, we know Strange is the Sorcerer Supreme, and Ma just dismisses him. Like, mm-hmm. he, this dude is so crazy powerful that he basically makes Earth Best Wizard look like a child. He's, he was super powerful. I was totally surprised when I saw him just chop the car in half when he just put his fingers up. I was like, what? <laughs> this guy is he's throwing trees. He's bending reality. He's, I mean, yeah, he's tearing Doctor Strange up left and right. Uh, but no matter how powerful you are, things happen. As you saw on the ship, the easiest way to kill the guy was to just blow him in his face, which is crazy. It's like, this guy is super powerful, super smart. He's never failed with Thanos, like he says, but one hole in the ship can take you out. You you know, the, the way that the Russo brothers did that to me, like, I know some people that were like, really, that's it for Maul? And I'm like, no, that was genius. I would have never thought of that. But you have the innocence of a child coming up and going, hey, guys, I have this really stupid idea. And I, and I, can, I can just imagine, like, Stark and, and, and Strange probably wanted to be like, this is dumb. But they're like, yeah. uh, you can just see the finger going up, the mouth opening, and then nothing. Like, wait a minute. That could actually work. It's so dumb, it might work. I mean, the, the dude that I was most disappointed in was, was they called him Cull Obsidian. I'm going to forever call him the Black Dwarf, because that's what I know him as, the Black Dwarf. I mean, he kind of did some things, yeah. but I, I don't know. that the, the way he went out, I felt, was, was the most unfortunate, because you had this big-ass dude. Who's, I think he's bigger than Thanos, and yeah. he does nothing. Well, it just goes to show you that that if you're strong, you got to have some brains too, man. Like he he really just kind of ran around and smashed things. <laughs> it was the like Hulk. <laughs> I, I, I am on that note. I am really excited for for the fact that Ronan the Accuser is going to be returning in Captain Marvel because if it for those who've read Infinity, the way the Black Dwarf goes out is is probably one of the best in the entire book. Um. Now, you mentioned Twitch, so I would be remiss if, if I didn't bring up these two things. And, and it comes from Ebony Warrior YT, who wants to know, will you be doing an Elder Scrolls 6 song when it comes out? Oh, definitely, definitely. If there's, one, if there's three things that I love, it's Fallout, Elder Scrolls, and Infinity War. Okay, you know what? Let me add Fortnite to that. So there's four things that I like. <laughs> I, I, I will definitely do a song on Elder Scrolls 6 when I have more footage and more lore, and I'll definitely be reclusive in my room playing it for hours on hours at, on, at a time. I'm, I'm curious. How many hours do you expect you can truly dedicate to Elder Scrolls 6 and Fallout 76? Oh, dude, listen. When... Um, when Fallout 4 came out, no, no, let me go back even further. When Grand Theft Auto 5 came out. Okay, yes, I'm with you. When Grand Theft Auto 5 came out, I I was still working at the time. I took off an entire week mm-hmm. and just 
sat in my room. I have a bathroom here. I, I have a microwave, a refrigerator. I, I, I never left my room. I mean, I, my kids crazy. came up. Kids, my kids came up and gave me hugs and stuff, and we hung out. But I was playing this game for a long time. <laughs> did, did, you go, did you go for the hundred percent mode on on the individual uh, uh, portion of the game, rather than uh, not just the online? No, I'm not. I'm not a completionist. I like to play the game how it's meant to be played. So you know, trying to get all these side quests and missions, I, I don't really, I don't care about <laughs> that. But I, I did do all the different endings. And then once I did that, I was like, okay, let's go online and see what we got. And it was, yeah, it was one of the best times ever. I, I, I'm I, not a completionist, but with, with Grand Theft Auto 3 and Grand Theft Auto 5, I could not stop myself. Because the side quests had, had some missions in them that were so stupid, they were great. Like, <laughs> I used to love bounty hunting with Trevor. Like, it was the most pointless thing in the world, but... But being able to do those scenes with Trevor was because he's my favorite character in the game, hands down. Like I, that guy was so crazy. I love to play with Franklin the most, but I think Trevor kept me be entertained probably the most. Yeah. But I did. What's up? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. The when when I saw him dressed up in that dress, <laughs> passed out on the. <laughs> that was <laughs> insane. <laughs> Did you, uh, I, I, I hope and I assume you did, did you see the photo of the side-by-side of the actors that played the characters and how dead spot on they were? Oh, yeah, and Stephen Ogg, the guy who played uh, Trevor, he's an amazing actor. You know, you've probably seen him on Walking Dead, even though they killed his ass off. Uh, he was supposed to be the next Negan, damn it. But anyway, yeah, I like all those actors, man. And then the guy who plays Franklin, he used to be a rapper. And then I can't remember the guy who played Michael. Um, I think he's just like some guy they found. <laughs> but yeah, I, all those guys look exactly like the characters in the game. When when you were growing up, what were your favorite video games? Like, what what drew you into gaming? Yeah, I'm gonna show my age here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was on uh, Nintendo, and I played that a lot, like the original NES. Same. But what, yeah, but we're really. Know? What really brought me into like video gaming was the Sega Genesis. Okay. Yes. Mortal Kombat 2, Sonic. Uh, there was this one game called Splatterhouse that gave me nightmares. Yes. Yes, that was a good game. <laughs> wasn't that uh, wasn't that TurboGrafx 16? It might have been. It might have been. But I just remember not wanting to go into this old house that looked exactly like the house in that game, <laughs> and I had nightmares. It was it was bad. I shouldn't have played that game. I- I still remember picking up the Nintendo Powers, in, or uh, not the Nintendo Powers, but like the Game Pros, and it would have the uh, the Splatterhouse uh, uh, ads in there, and it's just this dude looking like Jason with like a massive yeah. knife covered in dripping in blood. And bear in mind, this is right around the time that parents are bitching to no end about, uh, you know, video games and stuff. And here you get these great ads in GamePro, and my mom never looked through those things for, for yeah. anything. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Yeah, no, my, my game on the tin. What's up? I was going to say a fun fact about Mortal Kombat 2. It was the sole reason why there's an ESRB rating on games now. Mm-hmm. That's right, I yeah. Sh- 
still remember those Senate hearings over those games. I was so upset because I had a Super Nintendo. And when Mortal Kombat, the original, came out, I was so upset that it was just like this watered-down version, no blood, nothing. And we always used to go over to my buddy's house who had the Genesis because you could input the blood code. And then finally, Mortal Kombat 2 came out, and, and I was good to go. Yes, yes. Did you did you do Killer Instinct at all? Did you ever used to go to the arcades and get down on Killer Instinct? I, I would watch my cousin play it, but I couldn't get down on the combos. It was too too intricate for me. I'm I couldn't get into it. I, I tried. I could pull off like an ultimate combo here and there, but yeah, it, that's what when things got really crazy in Mortal Kombat Three. Like I remember. I sat down in my room with a strategy guide, and I was trying to master Cabal's 13-hit combo that took mm. something like 70% of your opponent's life. All I could ever get was 11, but man, I must have spent probably a week and a half of doing nothing but just playing against myself so I could master that combo. It was ridiculous. <laughs> no, I feel you on that. <clears throat> um, uh, Adam, you got anything else before we let him get out of here? Yeah, I got one last question for you, Nim. It's a it's right. a tough one. The tough mm-hmm. one. Top five MCs, living or dead, go. Oh, people are gonna hate me for this. Number one. Okay, I'll start with number five. Number five, Rock Him. A lot right. of people don't know a lot about Rock Him, but if you go back into his catalog, mm-hmm. he's pretty much, I would say, the godfather of hip hop. One hundred percent. Okay, number four, KRS-One. Oh, nice. KRS-One. I remember I actually, I actually opened up for him one time. And out of oh, all wow. the people that I've opened up for, famous people, he is the most down-to-earth, let's talk, come over here, yo, hug me, take some pictures. We talked for like two hours about stuff. It was so awesome. Plus, he's That's a dope MC. <clears throat> all right, number three, Cannabis. Oh, wow. People okay. don't remember cannabis, but let me tell you something. They don't. Yeah. He has one of the he had one of the sickest minds in hip hop ever. Like some of the stuff that he was coming up with was ridiculous. Um number 2, I'm going to go I'm going to go ahead and go uh with J Cole. Mm. Oh. Because okay. he is he's bridging the gap between old and new and he's mm-hmm. also yep. giving a message. Yep, that's and I respect accurate. it. Yep. And plus, he's from North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. <laughs> okay, so number one, Eminem. Oh. I'm okay with that. Wow. So Shady okay. is All right. the best lyricist, best delivery, best flow, best rhyme, sickest mind in the business ever, hands down. You, I'm sorry. He is the rap god. He is. I was actually just listening to uh, Bad Meets Evil uh, with the sequel the other day. Yeah, yeah man. The intro? Just, oh, my God. Yo, it, when, I'm, when I'm working out, I put that intro on, and I'm just like, yo, I'm pumped, baby. Let's and, go. I think, and I think <laughs> the best part about that is right after the intro, you get hit with Fast Lane. Which is probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite song on that album. I know a lot of people go with Lighters, but I think Fast Lane is my uh, favorite song on that album. Intros, Fast Lane. Um, what's that one where he's like, "I'm on everything. 
I'm oh gonna... yeah, well, with uh, what's that, what's that Mike? Uh, who is that it? Mike Epps on the chorus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what is that? Yeah. Sweet <laughs> <Tennessee> <laughs> vodka. <laughs> it takes it takes me back to uh, when they did that D12 album. Um, oh yeah, man. That was nice. Yeah, when they yeah, were all. Yeah, when they were all talking about everything that they're on, and I'm like, this is a throwback, man. Pebble pills, pebble pills. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I never get tired of that album. All right, Adam, who's your top five? You can't you can't make him name his and then not name oh, yours. Dude, put me on the spot like that. <laughs> on the spot. Ed, Ed. Um Okay. All right. Oh man, this is really tough. I always, I always struggle with this, man. I feel like it's, it's sometimes it's interchangeable. But okay, it's here we go. I'm just gonna, week, yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna go off the dome. Um, I gotta have Jay Z in there, one hundred percent. Okay. Um, so is he your number five? This is in no particular order. I, hope I should just say that. Um, I definitely would have Eminem in there. Um, Tupac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. DMX for me. Oh, uh, DMX! No, I'm so sorry, DMX. I forgot. Personal, <laughs> personal favorite, personal oh gosh, favorite, bro. right there. Um, oh man, who's who am I going to put in the fifth spot? <sighs> yeah, it's so it's so damn tough, man. Like I could throw Nas in there. I could throw like Rakim in there. Oh. Oh man, yeah. Look, I'm I'm leaving it at that. I'm leave, I'm gonna leave it oh. as a, interchangeable, man. I, I can't I can't nail that down. It's too hard. It's too hard. You okay. yours was like you you pulled out a, a a sick top five. Like that's a tough top five, man. But yeah, because I, I kind of look at it like you're asking me who's the best rapper, who's the best MC. It's got to be the mm. total package. I mean, I would throw Nas in there, but yeah. I mean he. It's, his performances are uh, all the people that I've named. Their performances are top notch. Mm. So my my no particular five. What originally got me into hip hop was Rozelle. Okay, I had that album. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ro- okay. Rozelle and his beatboxing yeah. got me. It like. I, to this day, I still sing "If Your Mother Only Knew." Like I, I don't know how that song, that doesn't get more pop, but I loved that. That that's got me in. Um, I, I've I've been a big fan of Immortal Technique uh, since that dude's been out. Uh, I know he's not. I know he's not for everyone. Eminem is is in there for me. Uh, I also, I, I really, really, really enjoy idea and abilities. I don't know if, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been, I was so sad when idea died. I, I loved him. Um, <clears throat> and I would probably say, yeah, I would, I would probably put Jay Z in there, but I could just as easily say that I'd put someone like Sage Francis in there who I've listened to quite a bit. But he's kind you're, of a you're dick. like an underground guy. Okay, I see. I see where where where, uh, where you're coming from. Sage, yeah. Frank, Mortal Technique, Cage, all those guys. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, I, I, you know what though? I really like Cloud Ed. That was probably like that trio is 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 probably one of the most interesting hip hop groups I've ever listened to. 
Um, but yeah, those those would be my top five. And and yeah, actually, how I got into KRS One was through Sublime. So, oh okay. I mean, he always talked about that dude. <laughs> so, um, well, man, uh, I would like to give you this opportunity to a drop anything that you want, b promote anything that you need to promote and see you can let people know where they can find you on social media and how they can interact with you. Oh, the easiest way to interact with me is on Twitter at NimRaps. Uh, and you can basically find everything else through that. That's it. Sure. All right. The last question we got before we get you out of here, and this one's pretty easy, but it's topical. It's topical. Who's going to win the World Cup? I don't follow. Well, you got to pick a nation. You just got to pick a nation. Okay, I'll tell you what. I was just in Austin, and I was uh, we was we was we woke up one morning, and we were trying to find some place to eat, and we couldn't because every restaurant was filled with green jerseys. So I'm gonna go ahead and go with Mexico then. That works. That works. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't find a table, bro, and it was packed everywhere. Every bar, every uh, breakfast spot, every everything was just. Nothing but green jerseys. It was amazing. And, and if you've never been to Austin before, that's saying something like there are so many places to eat because it's UT Austin. <laughs> it's a college town. Like there's a vegan bakery that thrives in, in Austin, Texas. Only Austin, Texas. It's called <laughs> Capital City Bakery. If you're ever in Austin again, go there. But yeah, Austin is a fun and crazy place. I'm surprised that every actually I'm not surprised, but 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 I kinda am. <laughs> yeah, man. Well man, hey man, I appreciate it. What I'd love to do is is definitely have you back on in the future, BS with you, see how the uh premiere and uh and the shoots went. Obviously you can't give out any any information, but it would be cool just to see what the experience was like for you, because I imagine it's gonna be one of a kind. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, definitely. Anytime. I just want to say thank you. I know Adam would like to say thank you for your time. And, and man, I, I was bummed when I found out you lived in Charlotte because I'm was i going to add it to my goal that we're going to see Infinity War together one day. I'm just going to okay. put it on my bucket list. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, Adam, you want to stay there? Yeah. Like, thanks a lot, man. Like, for coming on the show. It was great having you. Um, you know, it was good to get an insight, you know, into uh, into the, all the goings on with the with your quest. And um, you know, like Josh said, it'd be great to have you back on one time, talk a bit about different things, touch more on on, on your rapping and whatnot, because I think that's something that's uh, be pretty cool to discuss. But uh, all the best with the quest, man. We'll we'll be following you uh, like we already have been, and good luck with it all, man. Excelsior! Oh yeah, oh yeah, Excelsior! Thank you guys so much for uh, having me on here. It was fun. All right, man, and we will we will try and catch up with you a little bit later. Go enjoy Infinity War, my friend. All righty. Man, that was awesome, man. I really enjoyed talking to Nim. I can't get enough of that guy. Totally funny. And like you said, man, I felt really bad that we, we focused so much on Infinity War. I'm glad we got to talk about MCs. I, I'm glad because I wanted to have the ability to, to, to get to his roots. And talk about not not just his streak, but what makes him as a man. Um, definitely one of the coolest guys I've talked to. Uh, but changing gears a little bit from Marvel, we asked Nem, and he doesn't watch football, but you know what? We do. 
Yes. And the World Cup is on. Now, you mentioned you watched Colombia and Japan last night. Uh, obviously, we, we had a couple games today, Russia versus Egypt, uh, as well as, uh, what was the other game? What am I missing? Um, good question. Uh, I'll be able to tell you in two seconds. Oh, I'm blowing this. Um, today, uh, tonight is Portugal and Morocco. Um, but I don't know if there's been something else earlier. I don't know. Yeah, it was in between. It was in between. Uh, Russia and Egypt. Russia and Egypt. Poland and Senegal. That's what it was. It was Poland and Senegal. Ah, okay. Someone was watching the Senegalese team dance after they won. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, Poland had this massive gaffe in the game. Like, the dude goes to pass it back, but there's nobody there except for the keeper. So the keeper oh. went way out of his box to try and clear this thing. And uh, the Senegalese striker, who I believe was it wasn't Jif, I don't remember who it was. Neon is who it was. He touches it around the keeper and basically just dribbles the ball into the net for the next ten yards. I mean, when I say the keeper came out, he was a good ten yards out past the the end of the box. So, oh wow. Yeah, but the, the dude who passed it back was just not paying attention. He tried to clear it back, but he kicked it over the head of all the defenders. So it was just as, yeah, it was a huge game. But all right, so what did you think of the Columbia game? Well, Japan, from a, I, was, I, was, I was disappointed with the result. I really wanted Columbia to win. Um, one of my friends is, is from Bogota. So, uh, you know, I was, I was rooting for them. Um, I felt like, obviously, in the opening, I think it was the fourth minute when, uh, when Sanchez got hit with the, with the uh, red card. Um, yeah. That was obviously a massive game changer. Um, but it, from that point on, like, I felt like the, the Colombians weren't getting the benefit of the whistle. Like, it seemed, seemed um, it, it was going, a, lot, a lot was going Japan's way. But at the same time, Japan weren't exactly being an offensive powerhouse. You know what I mean? Like they weren't, you know, capitalizing as much. No, they, they were more, more industrious, you could say, which I suppose you're going to have to do when you're overwhelmed by a team. Uh, like, because Colombia, I think in the first half, had like 60% possession to Japan's 40. I mean, mm. you have no choice but to be industrious when you're not seeing a lot of the ball. You either make good of your chances or it's going to be a difficult game. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, like when when, when Colombia leveled it up, I was thinking, okay, we, they still might be good here. Um, but unfortunately, it uh, didn't pan out that way. No, no. I was kind of shocked that Colombia botched this one. Uh, in the process, picking up a red card too, like you already mentioned, which doesn't just have implications it, you know you you miss a couple games so oh yeah he's out it, for the whole first round right yeah out for the remainder of the first round so it's it's mm. going to be interesting to see how that the colombians deal with that not to mention the loss because when you're in group play one loss is is pretty detrimental uh we'll see how that group pans out i'm curious though uh we've now seen Everybody play once. 
Uh, we've seen Russia play twice. Um, who have you thought looks the best so far? Oh, look, I haven't watched. I haven't watched that many games. I watched probably like three games in total, um, simply because the time difference here is makes it pretty tough. And um, yeah, I do need to get some sleep at some point in time and spend time with my wife um, and my dog. Um, uh, so uh, just yeah, look, life like I do. What's that one say? Just ignore your wife like I do. Like my wife just. I I've been getting up earlier than my wife, which anybody who knows me know that that's usually I just don't do that. But you know, it's the world's cup, so I'm getting up at like seven in the morning. Nope. She just to be at work until nine thirty, and she's coming in here like seriously, like you're 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 watching soccer again, and it's like yeah, see, it work well. Well, look, you know, I, I could probably do the same in, to a certain extent, but because I, like, watched pretty much the entire NBA playoffs because I wasn't working, um, I've sort of uh, <laughs> I've pushed the limits <laughs> of that relationship, so to speak. You've already exploited that loophole in the relationship, and it's time pretty to... Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Don't dial it back a little bit. Yeah, at, least, at least for, you know, the summer season, as it yeah. were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> once, exactly. Once it all comes back around again, everybody knows they're getting ignored. You know, yeah. fortunately for Mara, she uses these opportunities to play Zelda, God of War, and things like that. So, you know, we, we have a mutual understanding that she doesn't give a crap about sports, and I don't care how many games she beats. I I feel like it's, you know... Even even balance, nice even keel. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, who do you think is going to win? Ah man, look, you know, I'm just looking at the table now. Obviously, Russia has has two wins. You know, they're doing well for the home team, but I don't know. Like, it's it's so it can it it can be so. Hard to hard to predict in terms of you know you dealing with a lot of powerhouse nations that you know make this make up the tournament. Um, I, I, my money is generally on the South American teams, um, you know, or the Latin American teams, I should say. Um, that's that's know. a bold move considering that uh, Latin American teams traveling to Europe and and, and Asia typically do not do well and vice versa. In fact, yeah. in fact, I believe Germany was the first team to ever win the World Cup, a European team to ever win the World Cup in South America. There you uh, go. So, yeah, the, 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 the problem goes both ways. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. It's, you know, travel travel impacts all sports, um, you know, in different ways. But um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, the, the talent pool in those countries is just is immense. You know what I mean? Um, if you you know look back to the the Colombian game yesterday, like if they if they, if they if they hadn't got that red card, that would have probably been a completely different outcome. I dare say. 
Yeah, but the problem with that red card is what are you going to do about that? Like, the goalie was clearly out of position and the guy knew what he was doing because the ball was going to go in the net anyway. Like, the thing that I don't understand about that, well, I mean, I guess I do because you're taking a 50-50 shot that your keeper can save the penalty. But, you know, in in a penalty-taking situation, it usually, I think, favors the the guy taking it because – there's like virtually no rules as to how you take it, apparently. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you, though. I think Columbia, they had some, they created some really great opportunities, even with 10 men. Though I find that that tends to happen in soccer for some reason. It's like when one team goes down to 10 men, they somehow get better. I don't understand that for the life of me, but it happens. Um, yeah, well, I guess like, you know, pressure sort of busts pipes or makes diamonds. You know what I mean? I guess, you know, when you put in that situation, um, you got to sort of knuckle down, you know what I mean, and you got to rely on the next man who's you know standing next to you, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it opens up more space too. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Did you? So did did you watch the Socceroos or or did you? Opt I to? did. I did. I did. Were one of the three games that you had to watch. Yeah, of course. I always watch the Aussies. Um, not that I think that they're going to do any good. Um, I feel I feel like you know we're we're always a bridesmaid when it comes to this to the grand stage that is the World Cup. Um, you know, if for us to even be a Cinderella team, a lot a lot has to go right. I, my another personal standpoint I have on the soccer is I think until uh, our nation starts to bring in um, a little bit more diversity to the team and starts plucking players from uh, some of the African-Australian community, I think we're going to lack athleticism to compete with a lot of these other teams. Um, you know, and going back to, like I said, like about the South American teams or even the, or, or the African teams in the tournament, they just are physically uh, more gifted to play the game. And I feel like, you know, the Aussie team just doesn't have that. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way uh, about the American. I've never been a Team USA guy. It's it's funny, people. <laughs> like, you live in the United States. Uh, but I grew up with Dutch people. So, you know, it's, those, those, are, those are my peeps. That's my nation. That's who I watch. That's who I root for. Um, fortunately, the Dutch tend to be better in soccer more often than not. Unfortunately, now is one of the not times. <laughs> so, mm. I mean, but you know what, though? They damn near, damn near made the World Cup final in 2014. They lost in a shootout in the semifinals to eventual runner-up Argentina. But they they, they did win the third-place game, crushing Brazil. Uh, not that Brazil cared about much of anything in that third place game after the seven to one drubbing that Germany gave them, mm. uh, <laughs> and that was on the that was on the heels of Neymar breaking his back too. So that was just like, oh man, that was just like the world's worst experience. I still remember the the meme of that uh, Brazilian lady crying like her eyes out with the dude <laughs> next to him and his ha- head in his hands. Uh, yep. uh, yeah, the, the Dutch aren't in, so I'm, I'm actually rooting for Belgium this year. Okay. Uh, I, uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Vincent company both play for Manchester city. Uh, and, and I think Belgium have a, a, a good squad. 
capable of, of, of accomplishing quite a bit. So I'm, I'm, I'm team Belgium, but, uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk about your love. Uh, uh, I want to talk about basketball for a little, it's the off season. Uh, not, not much going on, but at the same time, there's a lot going on. Um, Oh, that's it. We've got the draft in uh, two days' time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, the, the draft is kind of – the problem with the NBA draft is that we already know how it's going to go. We know DeAndre Ayton's going number one overall. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's been set for yep. quite some time. Uh, we have a reasonable expectation, I would assume, that Marvin Bagley will go number two. Uh, mm-hmm. Possibly Mo Bamba. I don't know. But uh, Yeah, look, yeah. From th- from three to to six or seven is a little bit up in the air, but uh, I I I am curious about your thoughts on this off season. Now we have rumors, uh, and there will always be rumors with Mister LeBron. Yeah. Now Le- LeBron is possibly going to go to L.A. to unite <sighs> with Mike Leonard. And uh, uh, Paul George is is what people are saying. Uh, people now, are I, saying it. People are saying it, and I'm not buying it. Damian Lillard too. So so okay. How do you see the LeBron thing playing out before we get into to, to his super team? How do you see his free agency playing out? Okay, so initially I thought he was going to go to the Rockets. Uh, I sort of felt that all season long. But just I think it's yesterday Chris Paul's come out and shot that down, saying that he doesn't that LeBron doesn't really want to go there. So the general consensus is is that he's going to LA. Um, he idolized Magic as a young young man. Um, he has uh, business ventures, you know, in the in Hollywood uh, to pursue. Um, he also has a home in Los Angeles, I believe. So, look, I guess all signs would point to him going there. The thing is that for him to go there uh, to a team full of young men, I there needs to be other components in play. Will Paul George go there? I don't know. Um, I don't think... Do you, do you even there. think Paul George is, is, like LeBron and Paul George, do you even see that being a functioning thing? Yes, it would. It could work. Um, Paul Paul George is, is slightly interchangeable. You can you can put him at the four, and he can play the three. Um, sorry, no. I'm take let me take that back. You can put him at small forward, and he can play the two. Is what I meant to say. Um, but look, at the end of the day, like I'll come back to what I initially just said a, a second ago, and that that is is that. You're still going to have youth there. You need, like, if if you're looking to try and continue your legacy in, in LeBron's case and win more championships, which is the ultimate goal, and and beat the Warriors, like a lot has to go right for the Lakers in terms of building that team. And I, even if they put this person there and that person there, and it still takes time to mesh. And like, so. You can't expect mm-hmm. them all of a sudden to go to an NBA championship in one season. It just doesn't work like that. Especially well, it worked the with the Heat. West, West, <laughs> well, yeah, true. It worked with the Heat. But the East. But the that's East, the East. 
Yeah. Yeah, the East is weaker to the West. And people think. also forget that the Heat were not doing well and then they took then they then they gelled and rattled off, I think it was what, twenty five in a row? Yeah, that. that was later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, something like along those lines. Yeah. Like that, and that that took that, that took them time to 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 even win the championship, you know what I mean? Like it was didn't happen straight the away. Dallas, they, lost they lost Dallas in the first run. That's right. That's right. That's right. And they never got a three-peat. Just got to drop that in there for Heat Nation. You know, they're only able to, you know, get get the two two titles, which is, don't get me wrong, that's great. But, you know, go Bulls. Um, so, yeah, uh, look, if it happens, it happens. Cool. Um, I'm a little bit sick of the talk about it all already anyway. Um, but that's the nature of the business. It's going to dominate things. What I don't like is that, all the other teams are basically hamstrung until LeBron makes his decision. And he has said, or reportedly it, it has been said that he's going to take his time with this decision. So when free agency opens, I think it's July 1st or something like that, there will be movement, but it might not be grand movement until, you know, he pulls the pin on, on whatever he's going to do. I'm just curious how it's all going to play out. What, like, what do you personally think is best for his legacy? If you were LeBron handling your legacy at the present state, what what would you do? Would you go to the Lakers, knowing that they have a history of of doing this stuff? You potentially uh, pair up with Lonzo Ball and in maybe Paul. You're guaranteed if LeBron does go to the Lakers, we can assume that some other superstar will be signing with the Lakers. That's that's probably a fair assumption. Um, what, would LeBron, I, what would I do? Yeah. What would I do? I'd stay in Cleveland. And <laughs> I would, like he no doubt has in the past, have some say in what happens there. Like, you got to remember that he still has another all-star on that team in Kevin Love playing okay. next to him. They still have decent role players. And let's go back to the start of the season when they brought Derrick Rose on board and they got D-Wade in, da-da-da-da. Like, he had parts around him. He's had parts around him this entire season. And that trade that that moved yeah, those yeah. players off to different different teams, like – I felt like they didn't even give those guys much of a chance, like to really sort of gel. You know what I mean? Like Derek was injured, um, Wade was coming off the bench, and he was start and starting. Like, it, like they were in a little bit of a uh, holding sort of patterns. St- yeah, state of flux. You know what I mean? And and then you know they get rid of Crowder as well, who's an, who was another good piece. Um, you know, and they bring in these other guys, and yeah, they made the finals, but. Ultimately, look what happened. They didn't have that other like guy to fall back on besides love. You know what I mean? Like J.R. Smith brain farted in game one, and then after that, you know, the wheels fell off, and you know, LeBron was trying to do everything. And it, it, you need those extra parts. And the thing is, they they have they can they can move some stuff around. They can they've done it before. Like they have a good GM. You know, yeah. but just stay there and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like you got that far with that team, why not try again? You know what I mean? With some different pl- different parts. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think that sort of makes sense. <coughs> I I think the issue with staying in Cleveland is going to be attracting another person there, and and 
I'm not certain that the Kevin Love LeBron thing is working. I mean, Kevin Love may be an all star. I, I get that. I'm just saying I don't think the pairing is working. It's 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 not effective like you would you would want it to be. Mm-hmm. You still see LeBron like if 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 Kevin if the Kevin Love thing were effective, LeBron wouldn't have needed to average a triple double. You know what I'm right. saying? One hundred percent. See, the thing was, he was more effective, obviously, when Kyrie was there. You know, he was the he was the Chris Bosh of that. Cavs team, you know what I mean? He was the third yeah. wheel, and he in that role he's, he's great. But if it's not working, trade him off. He has value. You got to remember that guy was a a twenty and ten player in Minnesota before he you know went to the Cavs. Like he has value. He's still relatively young ish. Like you know you, you can get good something good for him. You know what I mean? Like you know do something like that. Like I, and I think you know going back to your original question, like. Why, like, why would you do that? Like, why would you stay there? It's a if you're talking about legacy, like, that's he's from Akron, like, it's his hometown. He's already bought and won championship, he's been to the finals a few times now with them. Like, you know, he's given that that city and his people, you know, joy and a bit of pain, I guess, in the process. But, you know, like, finish out your career there, you know what I mean? Or at least maybe, I don't know, like, who knows how long he's going to play for? He's a he's a Damn cyborg, man. The man barely gets injured. Like, he, he could honestly play, I think, until he was 40 if he changed his, altered his role eventually. And I, I honestly say this about LeBron. And, and, and I've, the thing with the whole Jordan versus LeBron thing is it comes down, it comes down to this. But you, you, you really can't compare the two because they, they fundamentally do different things. It's what was asked of Jordan versus what is asked. You can compare them in the sense that they are basketball players. But, I mean, if Jordan had LeBron's size, vice versa, you can imagine what maybe what type of player Jordan would have been. Or, um, But I look at it like this, dude. As far as I'm concerned, if Jordan and LeBron were to play one-on-one, I think LeBron would beat the hell out of him. Based on... on, on Physics, physics to me. I, but who would I rather have on a team? Probably take Jordan, right? Yeah, I mean, size. I think LeBron is a better athlete, and I've always said this. I think LeBron is a better athlete. Jordan was definitely the better basketball player. He has, he, you know, but but that doesn't mean you can discount LeBron's IQ, as we saw, uh, you know, when he was discussing. Uh, <laughs> what happened on that play, and everybody was like, "Damn, LeBron has a photographic memory." Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it'd just be interesting. You know, like it disappoints me that there's not a one-on-one league for these NBA players to, to, to have some of these arguments settled. Like, yeah, well, look, you know, back in the day, Jordan. Yeah, like I agree, man. Like back in the day, there was um, they did it a couple of couple of pay-per-view events that were supposed to happen that never got off the ground um one of them was jordan versus magic and the other one i think was akeem versus Shaq. um and you know that were going to be a pay-per-view event and like just go play a one-on-one like can you imagine like how awesome that would be like to see the top players you know can you imagine akeem and in in magic versus jordan and Shaq. Yeah, or a two-on-two. And I think that's what 
is you know it's sort of good about like the big three that Ice Cube has created. Like you've got these guys who aren't in the league anymore, or you know who are sort of on the periphery of the of the league, um, who can still ball. Like you know even if they're a little bit older, these guys are still you know getting buckets. And I think that's you know a big part of the attraction of that league, and it's exciting that uh, that you know it's it's still in its infancy and it has a lot of potential. And I hope Ice Cube uh, gets it to go international, which I think is part of his aim. Because I'd love for the big three to come to Australia and see some of those guys like Iverson and whatnot. You know, like, isn't isn't Amy good. Trask also uh, dealing with the big three? Isn't she one of, like the CEO or something? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, she was the the ex Raiders CEO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yep. Was she the ex? Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. yeah she was ex Raiders. Yeah, she's involved in it in some capacity. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, I remember reading something. Yeah, it would be interesting. My my problem with the big three is that you get dudes like Iverson, and then all of a sudden they're not playing. You know, or yeah. Yeah, that, that is oh, an issue. It's like they can't get any long-term commitments on it. I, I, I think is is their big problem. So, mm. I think also you know some guys end up getting contracts internationally as well. So you know they end up bouncing for for whatever reason. But um, but you know it's still it's like the upcoming season. I think commences on f- this Friday actually. Um, there's some there's some good names uh, in the mix. I don't know. Have you seen them? Uh, I, I, I've seen the big three. Yes. I've not seen what's coming up for this Friday. Okay. So, well, they've got like, um, who's, I got the I'm just trying to think who some of the players, um, they've got this season. I know Nate Robinson, I think is involved and also, um, Carlos Boozer was another one. Obviously they stand out to me because of their bulls. I'm just going to have a quick Google here. Carlos Boozer is going to have a busy summer because he's supposed to be playing flag football too. Oh, really? Yeah, he's playing in the uh, the created uh, the, the the flag league. Like, there's a bunch of teams like Mike Vick's in it. Um, there are a whole bunch of NFL ex NFL stars that are in it and NBA stars. It's just like it's sort of like celebrity, you know, seven on seven flag. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, Baron Davis is another one. Amari Stoudemire, Meta World Peace. Um, then you've got some of the lower tier players oh, from an NBA perspective. That is, you've got uh, Drew Gooden, Quinn Richardson, uh, Birdman. Um, they're the newcomers. And then you've got... Yeah, a lot of the old guys from last season, like Mahmoud Abdul-Rayouf, is involved again. Um, Gary Payton's actually coaching. Josh Childress is going back. Uh, I want to see Gary Payton playing. Yeah, I know. That would be cool. Um, Nancy Lieberman's a coach this season. Um, Dr. J's coaching. Who else we got as play-wise? Steven Jackson's back. Uh, Ricky Davis, um, yeah. So there's a few, there's a few decent guys in there. Um, former Laker Michael Cooper is coaching as well. Um, so yeah, see what happens with that man. Well, it's going to be interesting. But uh, well, 
Cool, man. I, I, I think that this has been probably one of my uh, favorite shows. And uh, we are working on some other interviews as well. As a matter of fact, we had someone else agree to come on the show. I suppose at this stage, we can just say who it is. I don't think he's going to care. Oh, uh, no. Make the people so, wait. Okay, fine. We'll make them wait. <laughs> But nonetheless, build that, build that suspense. We, build that suspense. We do. We do have a a rather big name, at least uh, in, in the world of what we do, that has already agreed to come on the show. We are just working out logistics at this point. Um, so uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. And the best part is, is that when when we get this person, we can still talk about Nem. Yes, this is true. So, um. On that note, before we get out of here, dude, I just want to say that, uh, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to picture uh, uh, Ebony Maw in, in, in doing so many things, you know, like we, we talked about this before the show was on and, and before we recorded, but Nem <laughs> had done an interview and, and uh, he was talking about how he because he, he'd memorized the movie. And somebody asked him, well, what's the first line? And it actually opens up with Ebony Maw. <laughs> and uh, he did the voice. And that got me thinking, like, well, what if Ebony Maw had, like, a variety of careers, you know? Uh, <laughs> Ebony Maw, Ebony Maw, the used car salesman. Hear me and rejoice. You can gain great savings here at Thanos Used Auto. You have Ebony Maw, like, the carnival barker at the fair, you know, like <laughs> you think, you know, suffering enter the house of terror here at the Kern County fairground. <laughs> I, it, what I, what I want is, is your best Ebony Maw, uh, professions. You know, it can be Ebony Ooh. Maw, Ebony Maw, the secretary, uh, Ebony Maw, the taxi driver, uh, Ebony Maw, the GameStop employee, Whatever <laughs> you think you know suffering, I can give you $6 stall credit or $3 cash. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, what profession could I see him in? Um, uh, <laughs> and, and a, a broad, doing a basketball broadcast would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> teamed up with teamed up with like Jeff Van Gundy or or Marv Albert or, or someone or Mike Green or someone like that. Um, what else? What else? Uh, when I when I hear him talk, I just instantly think like British Butler, and I know that's an easy one to go to, but like you know, maybe 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 put him in Batman's mansion. He could be you know, replace <laughs> Alf, replace Alfred. Um, <laughs> Alfred retires. Ma takes over. Uh, what else what else Uh, hear me Uh, and rejoice your dinner is here (laughs) master wayne (laughs) um what else what else um oh this is perfect (laughs) doing the mcdonald's drive-thru there you go perfect done i'm happy i'm happy with that (laughs) can i take your order (laughs) would you like Rise with that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, done. I'm, I'm, I'm sold on that one. Put him in the drive-thru. On the drive-thru. So, 
what what I want you guys to do after you listen to this podcast, if, if you choose to engage, send us, and you can tag Nem in this too. He had a good laugh. Send us your best uh, Ebony Ma thoughts. Of, of maybe, maybe, maybe you have a good script for Ebony Ma where he works uh, delivering pizzas or, or whatever the case may be. <clears throat> the internet is inventive and will undoubtedly come up with way funnier stuff than we ever did. And we'll read the best ones in my worst Ebony Ma voice um, if you send them in. So what I want to do is I want to take time to thank everyone who sent in a question. Uh, we tried to ask all the ones that we could. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Fight on Twist. Uh, I've got a little blue check next to my name. Uh, Adam, how about yourself? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Howzito. Uh, that's H-O-W-S-I-T-O. And you can look for the little blue check mark. I don't think I have any impersonators at this stage. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. We both have the little blue check mark. Our next goal is to get Nem the little blue check mark. Yeah, that needs to happen. <clears throat> We're going to make Twitter verify the man. If they can make a moment out of him, they can verify him. Definitely, definitely. Just so, on the strength of his rapping alone, he should be verified. Yeah, agreed. That doesn't even count the, you know, the, the uh, YLYL videos or the Twitch streaming, you know? Yeah. Twitch yeah, he's got his, he's, never, never even heard of have accounts uh, that are verified. So what's up, Twitter? We're going to be attacking yeah, exactly. Um, we will be back next time, uh, undoubtedly with more Marvel talk. Uh, I think the next time we're going to come back, we're going to be talking Ant-Man and Wasp. We didn't get to it this time, but I can promise you we will discuss it before it comes out and likely after. So And, and Cloak and Dagger. Oh, damn! How did we not talk about Cloak and Dagger with them? I, I, I was almost about to get into it at one point, but it just, I got... I got uh, distracted. So, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that next time. Maybe we could even have Nem back in the future to talk about that. So once once we get a few more episodes into the show. Yeah, definitely. I love Cloak and Dagger, man. I I cannot wait for this, this week. It's so good. It, it's really good, man. It's like one of the best Marvel series I think we've had yet. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Like, just based off the strength of the first two episodes alone, like if that doesn't suck you in, then I really don't know what kind of television would. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, like I said, we will be back soon. Follow us on Twitter. Give the podcast to follow on Twitter at third and yes. spelled with a three RB and everything else is spelled appropriately. So it shouldn't be that hard to find, but it's third with a three. Um, and uh, other than that, uh, I'd like to thank our producer, Scott Johnston, for uh, hanging out and recording the show. Um, as always, good friend, good guy, and uh, an amazing producer. So, <clears throat> uh, for Adam, I'm Josh. I'd like to thank you guys for listening to Third Nerd, and we will be back again with some more nerdery.